Hello! A very warm Sunday morning to you. Welcome to St. Mark Lutheran Church in Bemidji's podcast, brought to you by a congregation that would always wear camouflage pants to church, if we could find them. Starting this week through Easter, we will do something a little different. As we are two weeks into the season of Lent, we will continue two short devotions a week, but on Wednesdays, we will instead have the midweek sermon from St. Mark. Our Sunday podcast will continue to alternate sermons between Grace Lutheran in Sioux City and St. Mark in Bemidji. I think you will enjoy the overarching theme, Crushed, presented through both the Wednesday and Sunday sermons. If you haven't subscribed yet, now would be a great time to do it so you don't miss any of these meditations. If you are interested in learning more about our ministry, we have a couple of websites you may be interested in. Our church's homepage at www.stmarksbemidji.org and Sioux City's congregation in Grace Lutheran can be found at gracelutheransc.wordpress.com. If you miss those, just take a glance at the show notes and the details of the podcast for those same links. I also want to hear from you. If you have any feedback on the podcast, or you just want to say hi, drop me a line at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org. Our sermon for today is titled Hope and Obedience, and is based upon a reading from selected verses from chapter 17 of the book of 1 Samuel. We read, A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine's words, Saul and the other Israelites were dismayed and terrified. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and, with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, 
But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and to the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. We now join Pastor Zamzo for the sermon. In the name of great David's greater Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. There is a real-life David and Goliath story playing out right now in real time. A small group of people seem to be threatened by what seems to be an absolutely insurmountable foe. They're hard-pressed on every side, and every day there seems to be a new, new attack or something new to be afraid of. There seems to be new temptations to founder or flee, because the enemy is huge, well-armed, well-trained. They can back up the threats that they put out. The small group of people are defiant, yet dismayed at the reality of what they face. They are brave, but burdened by the weight of what they know is coming. For what weapons do they have? What kind of soldiers do they have? These are certainly not crack, battle-hardened troops, but everyday people. Employers, employees, factory workers, mothers, fathers, men and women who are a spring or a summer removed from being a boy or a girl, or an autumn or a winter away from the grave. Is it too much to hope? Is it foolish to hope in the face of such an adversary, surrounded and seemingly confounded? Or is hope all there is left? I'm not talking about Ukraine. I'm talking about you and me right now. I'm not talking about Putin, or I'm not talking about Goliath, really, for that matter. I'm talking about the threats that we face every single day as believers. Not necessarily the physical things that threaten us, but the spiritual things that threaten us. That threaten us and tempt us to turn away from the hope that we have. In the first reading for today... We saw that David, really no more than a shepherd boy, the only reason he was on the front lines there for battle was because he came to bring some food to his older brothers who were in the army. David, this shepherd boy, goes down to face this giant Goliath, and for some reason he has this hope. 
that nobody else seems to have. The army of Israel is dismayed and fearful in their camp. Even King Saul, who should have been out there wearing his own armor, offering himself to be the champion and the protector and the leader and the shepherd of Israel, was cowering in his tent, just hoping that the enemy would lose interest and go away. The enemy does not go away. The enemy did not go away. The enemy had a spokesperson. This behemoth of a man, Goliath, who for days had, in days had gone out and called them out to fight, called the champion out to fight, cursed their God, cursed their faith, cursed their hope. Eventually the Philistines would attack. If left to their own devices and if nobody was going to come out, the Philistines would attack. And the way that war worked in the ancient world is that if you forced an enemy into besieging you and you forced them to stand there and sit there in a long, drawn-out siege, when they attacked, there would be no quarter. They would slaughter indiscriminately. And the Philistines were well-armed, they were well-trained, and they had Israel pinned down, and Israel was fearful. The fear held them in its grip and paralyzed them. So what made David different? What made this shepherd boy, who was really there just to visit his brothers and give him some food, what made him different? What gave him the boldness to stand up and say to Goliath and to say to that whole army, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. We gave him such confidence in the face of such an enemy. Surrounded, outmanned, outgunned, outflanked. Gave him the confidence to stand and say that. The answer might surprise you a little bit. But what fueled David's, David's hope was David's obedience. His obedience to the Lord and his obedience to his word. Obedience? That sounds like a strange word to use for this. But yes, obedience. That's what David had that his brothers in the army and King Saul didn't have. What were they obedient to? They were obedient to fear. They were obedient to the fear and the temptation that was being caused them by their enemies, by Goliath, who wanted them to curse their God and die. Whenever the, whenever the Israelites saw the man, they didn't even have to hear his voice. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they fled from him in great fear. And make no mistake about it. This is what their fear would drive them to. To sue for peace. To renounce their faith. To abandon their hope in obedience 
to the fear of their enemies. Goliath was one man, one enemy of God who tempted God's people to abandon their hope in the Lord. Every time the devil comes to us, it's the same thing. It gets to us to question our obedience to God and to abandon our hope and give in to fear. It's Satan that would have us look out at a world that's engulfed in war and have us wonder, where's our God now? It's the devil that would have us see the hurting and the suffering in the world and say, if there is a God, he certainly must be blind. It's the devil who would have us look into an empty bank account or an empty pocketbook or wallet and say, where is your God? If there is a God, he would apparently wants you to be broke and to suffer. Satan would have us looking into the face of sickness and death and say, your God doesn't care about you. He apparently has abandoned you. It's Satan who would even cause us doubt here now in the season of Lent and get us to wonder and to worry as we look at the cross of Christ, and say, what does that have anything to do with me, a man who died 2,000 years ago? Victory from death? Doesn't that sound strange? Doesn't that sound off? The Satan who would give up, get us to doubt. When we hear the whispers of Satan, we realize that his little whispers are oftentimes more powerful and more poignant as he calls us to give in, in obedience to our fear and abandon our hope. The whispers of Satan are more powerful than all the shouts of that one man, Goliath. Because we know that when we look out on the world, we don't just see one man. We don't just see one army. But we are confronted and confounded and surrounded by these things every day, every moment, even right now. It would seem like Israel being outmanned, outgunned, outflanked, and surrounded. Like Goliath, Satan would have us be obedient to our fear and abandon our hope. Friends, the enemies of God in this world, the things that cause us no end of temptations and cause us to fall, the enemies of God will never cease to try and oppress us. Satan will never be an ally or sue for peace with God's people. The powers of this world which Satan uses as pawns will never cease to rage against us. And so friends, hope, our hope is found in obedience. Clinging obediently to the hope that we have, the promises of God as David's hope was founded in God's promises to him. Just in the previous chapter, David was anointed the king to be the next king. And that promise was not lost on him. God said, you will be the next king of Israel. I will preserve my people through you, David. I will preserve my people. I will preserve your house. You will guide and lead and shepherd my people. 
David's hope was founded in the fact that God had promised to preserve his people because through his people, through Israel, a Savior would come. David's hope was founded in obedience to the word and the promises of God. That's what gave him the strength to stand and the surety of victory. Brothers and sisters, you have been anointed too. You have the same promise of God that Tyson received this morning. You are baptized into Christ. You are baptized into Him. You are made a child of God, an heir of heaven. And we see where our hope is founded. We see the hope that we are obedient to. Our hope is not found in obedience to a government or to an earthly institution. It's not found in obedience to our relationships. It's not found in obedience to our own uh, ability to do good or our own efforts at making a better world. Our hope is not found in our ability to manage our money. Our hope does not come from anything that our hands have made or the things that we think that we should be hopeful about in life. For it is those things that so often fail. It is those things that so often cause us fear and trembling. It's those things that would have us tempt, would tempt us to give in to our fear, be obedient to our fear, and turn our eyes away from the word and the promises of God. And it's the word and the promise of God that gives us surety of victory. In the face of a world of full of temptation and sorrow and death. And how clearly we see that now as we enter into the season of Lent. As we watch great David's greater son, Jesus our Savior, take on temptation and sin and death. Face down Satan, the evil one, the prince of this world, the prince of darkness. Nose to nose. He faces it all. All the power of Satan, and he faces it with confidence. Why? Because he is obedient to the Father. He's obedient to God. Obedient to the promises that God has given him. Confident of his victory. Even when his people turn on him and reject him. Even when his friends betray him. Even when human justice fails him. Even when his own body suffers. And he bleeds. And he looks death in the face. And he's surrounded by the devil in all his evil schemes, in all of his opportune times to tempt him. We see our Savior surrounded, outmanned, outgunned, outflanked, yet he faces it all with confidence, certain of victory, because he's obedient to the promise of God the Father who told him, you will raise up in three days. You will be restored in three days. This is the confidence and the hope that Christ clung to, even as he faced his own death. And we face the same promises of God shown to us in Christ our Savior. We see that obedience to fear is the thing that leads to dismay, doubt, and anger. But it's obedience to hope. Hope in God, hope in his promises that assures us that through Jesus... No matter what, we win. No matter how oppressed, no matter what is going on in the world, no matter what fails, no matter how guilty we feel,
for the times that we've doubted, it's not too much to hope. It isn't pointless to hope. It's not too late to hope. It's not hope in the empty things of this world, but hope in the things that God himself has promised you, the forgiveness of sins, and therefore peace in life. The ability to stand and face any temptation from Satan and the, because we have the promise of eternal life. Brothers and sisters, in the face of all of the Goliaths in our lives, surrounded and confronted by all the traps of Satan, though we may be, echo the words of David to Goliath in your own way. David stood there confidently and said to David, an enemy that would have him be obedient to fear, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. My Savior, my God, my King, to whom I am obedient, because in him I have Hope. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. If you're listening to this podcast, you're cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. In addition to our traditional worship services, we will continue to create our podcasts and post video versions of our divine services. Links to a video version of our church services can be found on our website, www.stmarkspemidji.org. Our services will continue to be live-streamed at 8 a.m. Sunday mornings and are posted for later viewing if this time is inconvenient for you. If you have any questions or would like to hear more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarkspemidji.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a positive review and telling a friend.